Hello, everybody. Andy Jacob here with the dot-com magazine entrepreneur spotlight series. And I have a show I've been waiting for for a number of weeks. You know, we always talk about media and advertising. As a matter of fact, if you watch the show regularly, which we hope that you do, of course, we always talk about how important it is to have the right staff, to have the right people on the train. You know, when we look at venture capital, we look at angel investors, we look at bootstrap companies, the first thing that you really need to think about is your team, because that's the first question anybody's going to ask that looks at your company is, what does your team look like? Who's on the team? Let's talk about the resumes of the people on the team and make sure that's the right group to get you from point A to B for really world domination. So we've been able to invite a real expert on the show on staffing today. His name is Mr. Joe Kaufman. He, of course, is the CEO of Media Staffing, and he has a very interesting niche, a very interesting approach with what he does. He specializes in digital media staffing, and it's really a great and important niche because, of course, without digital media, without advertising, marketing, PR, a company goes nowhere. So, Joe is very integral in putting the right people in the right place at the right time for the right companies. And we're very delighted to have Joe on the show today. It's a real honor, Joe, to have you on the dot-com magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Andy. Yeah, it's super cool to have you. We, Of course, we love digital media. We love advertising. We love marketing. It's so interesting. But Companies without it, I mean, they go nowhere fast because you just have to get the word out. But let's talk about it. Let's pull the lens back to 30,000 feet. Tell us about media staffing, and then we'll get into it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so media staffing in a nutshell is a recruitment company that is built around high quality uh, placements in the digital media and overall advertising landscape. Um, so when I started media staffing about 10 years ago, my, my goal and my objective was to really build a company that focused on building, uh, hiring the right candidate at the right time and, and really building a better mousetrap than what is out there in the world of recruiting. So I, I worked at multiple staffing firms and then I went in-house. And the biggest challenge that I saw was that the candidates that would end up in the hiring manager's inbox were often candidates that were very actively looking. Uh, they weren't, you know, they, they, they uh, moved around a bit from job to job to job. And I felt like I could build a bit of a better mousetrap that will allow candidates uh, to, to allow our team to foster relationships and connections with really strong candidates that aren't actively looking, but through our con consultative approach, really find them the right opportunity and ultimately lead to better results. Yeah, I love it. You've done such a great job. The testimonials are remarkable. This business, when we think about it and we pull the lens back as an entrepreneur, as a fellow entrepreneur and the entrepreneurs watching the show, they might be saying, you know, this is one of those chicken and egg situations, maybe a, a cart and a horse situation. Which one comes first? So which one comes first? Are you looking and reaching out for the potential high level candidates or are you reaching out to the companies that need the candidates or do you do it both simultaneously? It's a bit of both. Generally, though, the companies start first, right? They'll usually, uh, they'll come to us and they'll say, hey, we have a pretty sensitive need um, and a, a very specific uh, requisite that needs to be filled. 
Uh, and then we'll go out and we'll, in, in our approach, and we'll be very selective through our network and through our relationships and through, you know, our team and really hone in on the right candidate and make sure that, uh, you know, we have a very uh, targeted approach. So we are not a volume staffing firm. We are not a firm that throws a ton of resumes and hopes something sticks. Uh, we really listen to our clients and what they're looking for and then line up uh, a, a very strong list and, and roster of candidates that are going to be, uh, that, that could be an effective hire. In fact, I'd probably say that we have one of the best industry averages of submittal to offer to placement. And that's what we're really, really good at. Yeah, it's incredible. It's such a high percentage. And that's what people really want for businesses. If you run a business and you have a company like yours, you really want the best of the best. And like you mentioned, you're very selective on who you let in. So let's talk about that, that selection process. You have a great team, of course, at Media Staffing. I mean, you know, you've been this uh, sort of expert and leading sort of um, voice in the industry for a number of years. When we think about it, what types of questions do you ask the potential candidate to make sure they're the right selection? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's really, you know, what we like to do and I kind of our approach is a bit different is, you know, most recruiters, they'll get a job rec and, and they'll just try to match up the bullet points in the job description and, and hope something fits. We, we try to go above and beyond that. So anytime that we're taking on a role, we always like to ask our, our hiring managers, you know, what has been lacking in the search? What have you not seen from the right candidate? Um, and, and many times that is actually just not on the job description. A lot of it is really a personality, right? It's like dating, you know, you just have to, everything could be great on paper, but you just have to feel that, that connection. Um, and that's what we're really good at. We, we go for that connection, um, from the, from just being overall knowledgeable in what we're recruiting for that, that box we already check. I mean, every recruiter at media staffing actually has, in-house experience, has media experience, has been on the sales side of the industry. So when we're talking to candidates, we understand we've lived in their roles before. We've had their jobs before. So from a from a skill set perspective, we'll only have those conversations with candidates that we already know the skill set is there. Our goal is to really find the personality piece and find the those intangibles that you can't really tell off of a resume um, and, and hone in on those. Yeah, I love it. And of course, the media and advertising staffing space. I mean, when we talk about people in media, people in advertising, people in PR and the like, a lot of times they're artsy. You know, they have that art side of the brain, you know, because they have to be creative and think about things. How do you make sure, and you mentioned the matchmaking, I would imagine sometimes, not often, but sometimes there's just not like this psychological connection between possibly the company and the potential new staff. How do you make sure that you really are integrating and introducing and matchmaking the right person with the right psychological profile to the right company? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And I, I wish there was one simple answer. Um, so much so we've had where we've had situations where we've had candidates who interview for one team at let's say an ad agency um, very qualified candidate and the hiring manager doesn't feel like it's a good fit. And then a different brand 
you know, a different team at the agency uh, under a different brand opens up a role and we'll submit that same candidate and, and it's a great fit. And uh, a lot of it is just kind of getting a sense and getting a feeling and really asking a lot of questions to our hiring managers to find out what is their perfect match. Um, and then, and also, you know, we're, we're very uh, open and transparent where we, I tell our clients all the time, I, I don't necessarily expect to find the right candidate on the first one, but if we don't find the right candidate on the first one, let's talk about what didn't work, right? Let's, let's do a deep dive and almost like an audit in terms of what, tell me everything you liked about the first candidate or the first few candidates and everything that you didn't like. And then we'll pivot accordingly, right? So the search for us is always dynamic. It's always constantly changing. Um, and I think, I think that's what really makes a good recruiter overall is somebody who's flexible and open to, like we love constructive feedback because it allows us to just, you know, really get a better candidate and, and ultimately uh, drive uh, through the ultimate goal, which is the, the ideal match. Yeah, I love it. Of course, you know, you're known for the ideal match. And what I love about what you do is very personalized. You have these conversations, you have good communication. Of course, you would expect that in the advertising and, you know, media space with your clients, you have a good conversation, you keep it real. What types of companies reach out to you, Joe? I mean, are we talking about Inc. 100 companies, Inc. 500 companies, startups, you know, venture back companies, Fortune 100 companies? What's sort of the sweet spot right now for media staffing? Uh, another great question. Um, so our clients range. We've worked with Fortune 100 companies. Uh, we've worked with seven-person startups. Uh, it, it really it's a very broad range in terms of, uh, you know, we, we've kind of staffed across the entire spectrum because we are more of a niche staffing firm in general. Uh, anything that touches the media, data, advertising uh, uh, world is our world. Um, so we're pretty open-minded in the clients that we take on. Um, we do have, you know, there are some recruiters that, that work in media staffing that are really strong with startups that are really just kind of great at, at, at finding that candidate who's going to be in, in a pillar in that organization. Um, and then we have our, our fair share of clients that, and, and large ad agencies that win an account and they need to hire 15 people within six weeks. And we, we, we just, we, we go. Um, I love it. I love so it. it. I mean, you go. Both. Yeah. It's fantastic. You know, you mentioned data and we always talk about data on the show. I know you know that from watching the show so often. Let's talk about it because when we think about advertising people, we think about media people, you know, I'm wondering, and I'm sure the entrepreneurs watching the show are also asking the same type of question. Are these people now also data experts or do they have to be data experts to be able to get through the data of the advertising and media buys? Or are those two separate types of people for a company to bring in? I think data is continu continues to be this massive wave in the industry that is uh, only getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and we're seeing it across the across the uh, recruiting landscape. Of hiring managers want candidates that can be a bit more technical and can just go above and beyond. Other than if they're in client success or in marketing, they want the data piece, they want the product piece, they want candidates who. Um, aren't just relaying over the information, but can really do a deep dive information into the information. I would say that is one of our most popular searches are hiring managers that are looking for 
that candidate that has the best of both worlds, that is great at account management, great at upselling, great at client success, but also can be in a room full of data managers and data engineers and, and come up with really uh, a really strong story as well. Yeah, I love it, Joe. Of course, some companies have these C-level executives called chief of growth or director of growth, and they sort of oversee some of the media and advertising, but they really are integral in the data collection and the data analysis, like you mentioned. Let's talk about the seven-person startup. You mentioned that you do some work with you know, smaller startups. Do they say, hey, Joe, you know, we can't maybe have somebody full-time right now, but we need somebody to come in to sort of help? Or are they looking for a full-time people typically when they engage with media staffing? Sure. So it depends on what stage the startup is in. Um, and, and I'll always ask that question when I'm talking to specifically really raw startups um, or just going kind of through seed funding. Um, are they looking to just plug a hole for the time being? And do they, do, do they have a, a piece of business that is just a three month, six month type of term? Or is it something where they envision this person really being a long-term fit? Um, and those, those are two obviously very different conversations. Um, so if they are looking for someone who I, I can tell, and I think after talking to them really is going to be an integral part in the organization, then of course it's a full-time permanent conversation. However, when you when, when someone decides to hire full time, it, it's a big commitment, right? You're you're on the hook for you know salaries, staffing fees, training, and, and really the amount of time and energy and effort that goes into, um, especially take a seven person company where you know generally the CEO is the, is the uh, hiring manager. Um, they're their time is very valuable and they are spending months and months training this person and ramping this person up. So it is a big commitment. Alternatively, I also work with a company called OpShop and what they do is they are that plug and play option for someone who's not looking for full time, right? So if somebody is not looking for a, a full time uh, person, but they need, they, they, they want a big piece of business and they need, uh, and it could be search, it could be social, it could be programmatic, it could be ad ops. Um, and they're kind of figuring out how am I going to service this client? I need someone today. I need someone immediately. That's what OpShop is really, really good at. It's kind of like the Netflix of on-demand advertising services. Um, if you need 10 hours of programmatic work and someone to come in and, and you know, manage your, your ad serving uh, uh, campaigns, great, boom. If you need somebody to come in and, and uh, do social for a client for 45 days, you have that option as well. So it, it's, it's a much more flexible type of uh, service that is offered. Yeah, super cool. OpShop gives the opportunity to sort of a la carte it out and sort of test some things and get what you need right now. You know, the, the media staffing, of course, like you said, that's a big commitment. And, and those big commitments, of course, pay off quite often, especially when a company reaches out to media staffing, Joe, your company and says, hey, we need somebody and you have a, a roster of people. Let's talk about your recruiters, because I know you're very proud of them. You have a top notch team. I mean, they're well uh, respected, well awarded throughout the industry. How important, Joe, is your recruiting team for the success of what you've been able to achieve at media staffing? Oh, I mean, I give them all the credit. They're amazing. Um, and, and we have a small team, but a team that is very passionate. We're very, uh, we are very much like a family. Um, 
I think it's just that comfortability that hiring managers and candidates have that when they talk to one of our recruiters, um, they feel like they're talking to a coworker, a colleague, uh, which in fact they are. I mean, the average recruiter at Media Staffing has over 10 years of experience and has worked at ad agencies and advertising platforms and has been in sales and client services. And um, they really feel this comfortability. Um, it, it's, it's a very different experience where, uh, you know, you're, you're talking to a recruiter that's, you know, a year or two out of school that is just kind of hoping that, that it's a good match. And I was one of those recruiters. So I, I, can, I can tell you, you know, where you just, you, you just hope it sticks, but um, it's, it's a very different style. And especially today, because really we live in a world um, that, that has changed, has changed drastically in the last three, four years. Right. So recruiting overall has changed three, four years, you know, pre pandemic to post pandemic. It's, it's a very, very different world and a very different landscape out there. Um, and, uh, and I'm sure you might have some questions around it, but I'm happy to kind of dive in and talk through some of the, the obvious changes. And the biggest one is, is the, uh, the acceptance to work remote. So prior to the pandemic, rarely did I get a role where clients were uh, a hiring manager was comfortable with someone being a fully remote employee, right? Maybe there'd be some sort of a hybrid model. But generally, whatever the, you know, the location, we, we mostly focus, it was, you know, major cities, right? New York, Chicago, LA, San Francisco. Um, after post-pandemic, and obviously, depending on when someone's listening to this interview, um, the majority of our roles, almost all of our roles offer uh, uh, at least a hybrid model of two to three days a week into the office. And then I would say probably 50% of our positions can be fully remote. So what you essentially did was you took companies that were specifically in a, a city. Uh, so let's take Chicago. So they were in Chicago. They were specific in Chicago. And there was a great candidate pool in Chicago, but it's just one city. Now, all of a sudden, they have a plethora of candidates and a, an abundance and supply of candidates across the U.S. So what that does is it changes the game. So no longer are you only restricted in one specific candidate pool? You can now have, you know, you, especially in Chicago where it's a CST time zone and you're kind of flexible on West Coast candidates as well as East Coast candidates. And that has really been the biggest game changer across the entire staffing industry for both clients now having the ability to really uh, recruit and, 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 you know, just add a tremendous amount of more supply of candidates that they would not normally recruit for. And then in return, it's candidates who are in, let's say, smaller cities or, you know, spread out around the U.S. Um, it used to be that they would be very, very limited in terms of the jobs that they can take, because if they're in, uh, you know, North Carolina, they're specifically looking at North Carolina. But now all of a sudden that candidate who was who's based in North Carolina is getting job offers for companies in New York and San Francisco and L.A., so overall, the, their their uh, uh, supply goes up. So it's just it's it's just an incredible time in the industry right now. Yeah, Joe, it's fascinating. You really have identified a mega trend. You know, back in the day, there was a book called "The World Is Flat." I think the world's a pancake now. I mean, people like you mentioned can take a job in New York, but they could be in you know maybe North Carolina or Missouri or California somewhere else. Sure. Let's talk about the differences between age groups. I'm just curious, you know, because you have 20 
20-year-olds that are in the workforce. You have 50-year-olds in the workforce. Is there a different thing that different age groups are looking for? So when you're recruiting, do you have to keep in mind the age category of the people, sort of the, you know, the generation that they're from? Or is that something that we don't think about as a recruiter? I think everyone thinks about, you know, naturally, we always think about, am I hiring someone that, you know, if I'm I'm looking for someone for two to three years of experience, you're generally going to go after a specific demographic that is, that falls into that category and vice versa. If you're looking for a VP or an SVP or a C-level executive, it's a reverse trend. I think, um, you know, our approach is, you know, we, we always like to kind of judge candidates, so to speak, based off of, uh, you know, their the resume, as opposed to trying to put them in a box. Um, and of course, you have to be a bit careful because we live in a world where, you know, somebody who uh, fits a, a, a job and has, uh, regardless of how old they are, or regardless of their age, like, you know, it, it is an equal opportunity type of, of um, industry that we're in, uh, as, as we should be in. Um I think the the most startling trend, and I think all people who are anyone who's been hiring over the last few years, uh, I, I can tell you that the, uh, t- the the Gen Z and the millennial type of candidates uh, they are very transparent in terms of what they're looking for, and they're very transparent in terms of the salaries that they want. So they don't hold back. I think the difference is when I work with candidates who are uh, you know more experienced that have that have that threshold of fifteen to twenty years. It, it's more of a, you know, more of a subtle type of compensation, uh, you know, around compensation and what they're looking for. Uh, but the majority of junior candidates that we work with, they, they go right at it. They, uh, they wear it right on, uh, right on their sleeve in terms of what they're looking for. So a lot of times we have to have those conversations where we set expectations. We'll tell them, hey, you know, you have a year, a year and a half of experience and it's great experience, but it's not going to condone a six figure salary. Um, sometimes they understand it. Sometimes they they don't. But um, I, I would say overall, um, you know, our goal is to really just uh, make sure that the candidate, w- whether you know, regardless of of where they fall into, that their experience uh, really lines up to what the hiring manager is looking for. Wow, it's great. I tell you, Joe, you really have your thumb on the pulse of the trends, the mega trends. You understand it. I already know I'm going to bring you back on the show to talk about corporate culture, because I think that would be a fascinating interview to have with you. Let's give back. Let's talk to the entrepreneurs watching the show. And thank you for cutting out some time for me today. I know you're super busy at media staffing. Of course, the op shop is blowing off up the, off the hook as well. Let's give back to the entrepreneurs that watch the show. Maybe they're having a tough time. Maybe they're younger. Uh, maybe they freeze in the frame. Maybe they're just having a maybe tough time getting through a pothole in the road. What can you share based on your experience, Joe? Give some advice to the younger folk, the younger entrepreneurs that are maybe having a tough time right now to get through and come out the other side smelling like a rose. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a biased answer, but I, I truly believe in it. it. It is just hiring the right people. Um, I can't tell you how many companies I've worked with startups that had an okay product. I didn't think their product was special, but their people were special and they became very successful and they had very successful exits. And I've worked with, with companies that have had revolutionary products um, and they just didn't hire the right way and it didn't succeed. 
And so much of what I believe in is not only hiring the right talent, but retaining the right talent and being loyal to your people and being loyal to your employees. And if you're able to do that and you hire good people and are able to keep them, um, you, the opportunity to be successful is the probability of being successful is very, very high. So sometimes, you know, my advice to entrepreneurs is, is um, you could have the most amazing product and the most amazing idea, but it's nothing without the people executing it and value the people that are executing it and you'll be very successful. Wow. I love it. For the entrepreneurs watching the show, rewind what Joe just said. I mean, rewind the entire interview, but he basically says something that's really interesting and resonates for me with so many people coming on the show is that you can have a good offering and a world-class team, and you're probably much better off than having this amazing offering with an average team. I mean, I love it so much, Joe. It's great advice. Listen, this has been awesome. I've been waiting to have you on the show. I really appreciate your sort of being a zeitgeist in, in looking at megatrends. And of course, you need to be at media staffing. The op shop is doing very well as, as well. Um, I mean, listen, when you're looking at advertising, staffing, media staffing, and the like, I mean, you're at the forefront. So I wanted to thank you, Joe, so much for coming on the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series today. This has been great. Thank you so much for having me, Andy. Welcome to the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series, where your host, Andy Jacob, interviews leading entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs about their incredible companies and discusses their unique entrepreneurial journeys. If you're the CEO or founder of an exciting and exceptional company, the editorial team of Dotcom Magazine welcomes you to pitch your business story to appear on this exciting interview series by reaching out to Mr. Jacob at Dotcom Magazine at dotcommagazine.com. And without further ado, here is another amazing entrepreneurial story on the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series.